0: Hello and welcome to Fighting Tengu. I'm Stephen Milton. And I'm Batman O'Brien. This podcast explores how to deal with the daily difficulties of life and supporting our mental health using techniques, strategies, and life lessons of our martial arts.
1: Join us on this quest as we speak openly about our own challenges and adversities and talk to others about how practicing martial arts has helped reframe our lives in a more positive and meaningful way.
0: What else do we want? Oh I want to talk about rage? Yeah. See, I want to talk about rage because, you know, rage is a very different thing. It's it's um like so many people control themselves so often and they mask, you know, and they, they have ways of avoiding and um and all the rest. What do you think I I put rage in a different box mm-hmm. because it's a very unhealthy uh place to be mm-hmm. if you're if you're constantly feeling rage without any outlet or any way of managing it, you know? Yeah. What would you say about rage in in terms of how could we help? How could we, how could we help ourselves manage our rage? Yeah. Um,
1: Rage is a really, really interesting thing from both TCM point of view and from a martial arts point of view, because I've seen it in both spheres. Um, Rage is the very, very top end of that anger spectrum right? You know, stubbing your toe, irritation. Okay. Having to wait forever in the DMV, irritation. Okay. Low end of the spectrum. Rage, we're right at the top. This is the point where the forest is on fire. Everything is burning. It's red, hot, fiery rage. There is no stopping that. It is out of control, it's a forest fire. We're not talking one tree, we're talking all the trees are burning. And it's out of control, and it's terrifying, and it's violent. Um, Just like that analogy is terrifying and violent and and like this near-unstoppable tragedy. Rage in a human being is the same. I've seen it in students who have nearly... Killed themselves because they were so enraged that they lost any sense of self preservation and they were throwing themselves into very dangerous situations against very dangerous opponents because they had lost it. You see it in, you know, elements of domestic violence. You see it on the streets. You see it in the violence of hooliganism. You see rage so much in the world today. And that fire is where the element of the wood from a TCM point of view, the liver has invaded the heart and the forest is on fire. So how do we control that type of heat? comes down to the water element, comes down to the kidneys. So with that type of inability for clear thinking, clear headedness, you you can't see clearly. You're seeing red when you're in rage. You cannot think clearly. You've been cut off from the wise judge of the liver. You've been cut off from being able to see a path forward. The only path is violence and rage, to rage against things. And the only remedy for that is to either burn everything out and take the oxygen out of it and vacuum that fire through the lung and the large intestine, or you're just going to be left with ash and earth in the aftermath, right? The burnt out buses, the destroyed relationships, the violent bloody aftermath, the pulped flesh, We don't want that. We don't want that type of generation. So we need to cut it off. We can do that either by using the lungs and the large intestine to literally suck all the air out of it, or we can use the kidney and the element to dampen it, to just pile on the water. And the key to it is, it's, it's an, it's an unfortunate reality. But an example of this is so, for instance, we have an awful lot of out of control youth that are raging against the machine of organized society in Dublin at the moment. They are literally setting things on fire and looting the streets and assaulting people. And it is awful. And they're in full rage mode. And the way to deal with this strategically. From a TCM point of view, from a yoho point of view, from a five strategy point of view of the martial arts, is you need to make them afraid of the repercussions of their actions because they're not afraid, which is why they can go off and do these things because they're going to go and they're going to get a slap on the wrist and then they're going to be out 24 hours later and they're going to be doing it again because what are they going to do? They're not afraid. They're not afraid of the repercussions of their actions. They're not afraid that they are intimidating people they're not afraid that they are the problem that they're raging against they're not afraid of the legal system they're not afraid of assault they're not afraid of repercussions they're not afraid of sanctions they're not afraid you need to make them afraid now that doesn't mean unjustified terror that means you need to make them aware of the repercussions and the repercussions are real. So we see this on a global scale in sanctions. You punitively damage them financially. You cut off trade. You cut off their supplies. Now, you don't cut off their food. You don't cut off their electricity. You don't cut off their water. That's a war crime. But you make them afraid of the repercussions of their actions. And hopefully, that will Cool their rage. They'll cool and more level headed actions would result. In terms of what we need to do, societal here is you need to make them, we need to increase prisons. We need to create better holding environments for these individuals to actually put enforceable sentences on them, to make them afraid of the repercussions of their actions for committing violence and for giving in to their rage. In the same way, in a smaller microcosm, if you have a child that is lashing out and in full meltdown and rage, you need to make them aware of the repercussions and the sanctions for that. So that will be, okay, you're having an absolute tantrum. That's fine. No PlayStation, no TV. I'm taking away your electronics. I'm taking away your phone. You need to make them afraid of the repercussions for acting out. And that will short circuit that whole thing. Or you got to suck the air out of the situation. Um, you got to use the lungs and the large intestine to do that. And that is the metal element. And that is ruthless and it is cutting and it is cold and it is dispassionate. Um, and that, again, that might be best exemplified by an out of control misbehaving child where you just coldly shut it down and just go, no, that's it. And you see the effect of that because the child, when they calm down, will search for affection. They'll search for a hug of reassurance. That is the heart element now back in balance. And, and that is the desire that they now have. And if you mollify that, if you give them that hug of reassurance, it's okay, don't do that again, chances are they won't do it again. That's the system in balance. So you got to take the oxygen out of the situation in the same way that you got to take the oxygen out of a fire. So if they're, you know, absolutely in rage in a given situation, you need to isolate them. You need to put them away. So you need to literally remove them from that environment. You remove them from that flame uh, and the oxygen that's feeding that. So in social media, that would be step away from that forum, ban that comment, block that person, distance yourself from that. Um, So you're not fueling that fire. You're taking away the fuel. You're taking away the oxygen. In the same way, if you're having an emotional argument and someone's absolutely rage-filled... Get out of that environment, leave, go walk away. Don't be there. That is a hard thing to achieve in certain circumstances, particularly when you're looking at domestic violence, but there are programs, there are supports, there are apps, there are contact numbers, there are associations, there's the police. There's a lot of support that you can now call upon to remove yourself from that environment, to isolate that individual till they are spent. They've burnt themselves out, and it's not an ideal solution. But when you're dealing with rage, there are no ideals, it's out of control. The best way to deal with rage is to prevent the circumstances in which it arises. Um, liver fire blazing is the medical terminology for that type of rage. Um, that then creates heart fire in excess and it's a very very difficult thing to treat. When you're dealing with those types of manic episodes, the point selection you use are what we would term harsh points. they hurt they are intense they are painful um, and they have to be extreme because you're dealing with an extreme situation. Um, and that's the unfortunate thing of it. Rage is the absolute extremity of things, and requires extreme solutions—either cold and cutting, or very, very fearful.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, there are things I don't like doing, um, but you know, in dealing with a, a situation where you have a rageful student, and they are just going full on and trying to kill you. Um, the only solution I have is to, if they're not afraid of me anymore, I have to cut them down and that might just be, okay, I remove their ability to wage war and it might be, I'm just going to target their joints and for a time being, they're nerve clusters. So they can't physically attack me. Um, and then it's literally just wait until it burns itself out because the other thing about rage is. It's momentary. It cannot be sustained forever. There isn't enough fuel. It's going to burn through the oxygen. It's going to burn through the wood. You cannot sustain rage forever.
0: Yeah. I would say, though, on that point, Mm. someone burns themselves out, you have to remove yourself from the situation. But going back into the situation, I mean, you've got to pay attention to the fact that rage comes up because people are not taking responsibility and they're not actually dealing with and they're not healing what's going on, so it will arrive again mm-hmm. unless you've had a talk, say a student, say mm. with a student, because I, I can't speak to domestic violence. So, mm. um, but you'll have to have had a talk to that student and pointed out the actions and said, are you willing to make some kind of change or, or some examination of why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Absolutely. If that's not going on, you're just going to have a repeat and repeat and repeat of the same mm-hmm. situation, which is not healthy for you. And nope. It's not healthy for the other person as well. So personal responsibility has to be taken. And if you're able to see that the other person is not taking responsibility, mm-hmm. then some, some more severe action has to be taken, I think.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's a very, very good point. Um, but it also touches what you were saying earlier in the sense that anger is your emotion it's your responsibility to deal with it. Um, You can't control or regulate the emotions of other people. That is beyond the sphere of our control. Um, So if you are experiencing rage, it is your responsibility to learn the mental, emotional coping mechanisms to make sure that you don't turn into a giant rage-filled monster and destroy half the city. And that might be through using some of the strategies that we've discussed earlier to make sure that, never gets to that point. Yeah. But if you're dealing with someone who has gotten to that point, there is nothing you can do to them to mollify their rage. They need to do it themselves. They need to take that responsibility. Yeah. And if they're unwilling to do that, Hmm. you need to remove them or you need to remove yourself from that environment. Yeah. And in the case of a dojo, that's just like, okay, you're not welcome in the dojo. Yeah. You're expelled. Yeah. And there have been cases where we've had to do that. We've had to literally expel students and just yep. go, no, yep. you're not welcome here anymore. Yeah. Because you're out of control and you've no interest in improving yourself or in regulating that. And that makes you a danger to yourself and to others. And we can't have that here. Um, And it's a very unfortunate thing, but it is exactly that metal element. It is that cold cutting. You're cut, you're excommunicated, you're gone. Mm. And while again, you know, very correctly, we don't have a huge amount of experience or any right to speak on the concept of domestic violence or domestic assault, I would point out that the scariest, most dangerous time in a domestic violence situation is when you're leaving. Um, and there is a phenomenon called separation assault. And that is where someone in a domestically abusive situation tries to leave. And that is when they get the absolute worst physical assault. And ultimately it can lead to death and has in many circumstances. So you have to approach those situations coldly with a plan dispassionately and ruthlessly. So you need to make sure that you are able to get to somewhere safe. You need to make sure that you have the support of law enforcement and of, you know, social circles to be able to facilitate that exit correctly and to make sure that you're safe during and after that. Um, And again, there are resources for that that um, are beyond uh, our podcast to reference and speak of, but we will include some in the show notes, but, um, it, it needs to be cold and it needs to be cutting and it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is largely what we have to do, not just in personal context, but in a larger context, mm-hmm. it's, we need to be able to create spaces of sanction and we need to be able to create spaces of separation mm-hmm. where people can be go, okay, you're sitting on the naughty step. Um, we do it for kids. We need to do it for adults and yeah. we need to do it for society as a whole. Yeah. Um, you know, you go sit on the naughty step and think about what you did.
0: Yeah. Rage as well. I mean, anger, uh, it's a bit of a silent creeper. Oh yeah. The, you, if you're not tuned, if you're not aware and for, and, and as well, I, I know from my own point of view, it's never nice when someone's pointing out to me, you know, about my behavior, mm. it's, it's very difficult, uh, for your ego. Um, and and that's saying that I have done some work on myself. So, but it's still never easy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Of course it's, not. It's not, no it's one not, likes it's not being pleasant. Criticized. It's not pleasant. But if you have the ability to listen and hear things, um, but rage is is a silent creeper. It 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 shows up, and you're like, where the fuck did that come from? Sometimes, do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. realize that it, it's coming up, and you, you need to sort of uh, once it has come up, that's the opportunity then you take to maybe just literally you don't need a degree in psychology here just literally ask the question to yourself why mm. am i feeling so angry mm. and often your body will respond to that oh, question yeah. and answer the question may not be an answer you like but it is it is something that that you can do you can just say why am i so angry um and that can be the very the very beginning of the journey to to being friends with with the rage monster
1: very much so very much so but One of the things that strikes me as we're talking about this is we're talking about the yang, the external manifestation of rage, right? Where that's evidence and influencing other people. Yeah. The internal manifestation of rage leads to depression. Yes. And I think that's another unhealthy route that rage can take, particularly in men. And we're seeing a huge amount of increasing in the amount of men being diagnosed with depression. And a huge amount of this comes from rage mm. and self-directed internalized rage. Yeah. Where the bully who is screaming and shouting is screaming and shouting at you. And it's that super ego part of you that is just absolutely lashing out and saying, you're not where you want to be because you did this because you screwed this up because you effed this up because you've got a problem because you're not good enough because and it just it literally presses down all of that liver energy presses it down so much and as that gets shoved down it's literally depressing it's pressing you down and that internalized rage will cripple and kill you. Um, And people medicate through alcohol, through uh, drugs, through a lot of unhealthy things. And that internalized rage just builds and builds and builds and just seizes up your entire body and stagnates you and presses you down. And that's a very, very serious thing that I think is largely overlooked. That uh, one of the big causes of depression in men is rage yes um internalized rage and it's it's very sad and again there are easy ways of getting yourself out of that of clearing that rage and creating that energy to move back up and one of the easiest ones honest to god is martial arts and a particular martial art boxing get a punching bag and beat the tar out of it. Okay. And this works for men and women, but it works really well for men, is to wail on that bag. Okay. One, it's movement. It's moving. It's moving and circulating chi and blood. It's moving blood through your liver. That's really important. It's clearing cortisol, the stress hormone from the system. It's getting your heart rate up. It's getting movement in. It's allowing the tree to spread its branches up and out. So Move, boxing, punching a bag, really, really useful. Great way of expressing that rage. Great way of clearing that adrenaline. Great way of dissipating that energy in a healthy, productive way. The other one I would suggest is a very, very simple grounding exercise. Take your shoes off. Go stand on the grass. Go stand on the lawn. Right? Go walk on a beach, go run on a beach barefoot. Anything you can do to ground and root yourself into the ground is very, very useful for dealing with that sense of internalized rage leading to depression. So go for a walk on a beach. Go for a walk barefoot in a forest. Go stand on your lawn and look at the sun and see the trees, see the leaves, see the green. That will do a lot. It's a simple thing, but it will do a lot to lift you, to generate that movement, to allow the liver to be purged, to ease some of that stress, some of that rage. And that internalized rage, that internalized critic that we were talking about earlier that can lead to all of that depression, you can challenge him. You can go, you know, Oh my God, you're really going out in that. You look like you've let yourself go in the pandemic. You're fat. Your clothes don't fit you. You look like a mess. I mean, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself. And then it's just like, mm hmm, you're right. You're absolutely right. Mm hmm. Yeah, totally. I should, in fact, lock myself away in a cave and live in a tent for all time. You're an idiot. Shut up. <laughs> and just tell it no. Just tell it no. Um, And that is a really, really powerful word, no. And that is an expression of liver energy that we see in two-year-olds. That's them learning how to explode their liver energy. No, I'm not going to do this. Sometimes it's okay to be a two-year-old. Sometimes it's okay to say no. Sometimes it's okay to shout it. And just go, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to believe those nasty things. I'm not going to listen to you, you stupid little critic in my head. I'm going to go live my life and be awesome, and I don't care if I'm wearing pink spandex pants and a feather boa. I look fabulous.
0: Yeah, no, you've actually touched on exactly how I would how I would process uh, these these feelings because I would parent myself, mm. and um, there's a number of aspects to that that I, w- I would love to talk about. The way I would parent myself, um the first thing I w- was an exercise that I was given. Many many years ago, it was a meditation where I'm only going to explain it. Uh, I won't go into it, but basically, you as an an older individual would go into your own house, your your childhood house, and you would remove the child from your parents, whether it was a positive situation or a negative situation. It's really irrelevant, and you would bring the child out with you, and you would begin the journey of of self parenting uh, mm-hmm. your 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 inner child, and what. You were talking about, when you were talking about depression, if you were, if you had a child um, who was down, I mean, how would you react? You, you would, you would literally want to do anything for them because you would, your heart would be so open. Mm. And I think one of the, the ways to approach when you have to deal with the inner critic is with love. Absolutely. And it's, it's exactly what you've said. Mm. I'm just saying it a different way. So, um, you know, you were saying, yes, you you just 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 stop, whereas I would be because how do you deal with an inner critic? I mean, it's like it's like the most like it's literally the ninja that has infiltrated the court and is sitting right beside the Shogun, Okay, to get the martial arts. Uh, ninjas aren't real ninjas okay, doesn't matter about the ninja <laughs> bit the point is infiltration we often don't see the inner critic mm. we often don't see that the inner critic is only a small part of us mm. what we actually get is the feeling that the inner critic is all of us and when you're doing meditation and when you're doing a lot of inner work you understand that everything that you're feeling is just a feeling and it passes and what remains is your awareness. And that's the parents that I would talk about. Mm. That you're, you're, you're overarching spirit or soul or awareness. And you you have to kind of deal with the seen and unseen sometimes. Uh, and I, I say, how do you do that? I would say with love. So often when I have the inner critic, I would uh, bring the heart into it. And I, I would breathe love down into myself and mm. And that's a weird thing to say no, for a 46-year-old man. How, however, uh, that, that's how I do it. And mm. so I re- imagine a, a smiling parent who's just smiling at the inner critic, understanding that that's not really who I am. Mm. You know, uh, not going to disassociate because I think the inner critic comes from a place. It, it was born of a situation or a, something in you. So it has to be acknowledged. It has to be worked with. We have to get to the root of why you're so critical of yourself. Who was the one telling you that you weren't enough? Mm -hmm. But just from a purely um, practical having to deal with yourself on a daily basis point of view, parenting yourself with love to combat the inner critic is the way I would deal deal with things. And it has actually given me an awful lot of space and a huge amount of peace. So this is anecdotal for me. This is not some, you know, I'm not thinking airy fairy. I literally have done this. And it has literally helped me feel better about myself.
1: I think that's a fantastic strategy. And it makes complete sense Mm. because, again, the wood element is reaching towards the heart, the fire element. So what causes anger is oftentimes a feeling that you are not getting the love, the nourishment, the emotional connection that you desire. And if you can nourish that and you can send that love down, That has mollified the wood. The leaves have touched the sun, you know? That's the idea. You're bringing the sun, the light down to the leaves. That is a beautiful thing to be able to do. Mm. And I think it's a really, really smart strategy. I think that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if everyone would be able to embrace it straight away. I I certainly didn't. Do you know what I mean? You think it's a bit tweet, and it's a bit like, you know... I hear what are you doing like simple things work man and it's funny I would I would make a dif- I would make a differentiation between being selfish and being self-centered mm. that being cent- self-centered is being centered on yourself mm-hmm. uh it's a requirement it's a requirement if you were to grow you really need to center and and be uh, able to be in your your stuff and work through your stuff and you'll need space for that and you'll need everything for that and you'll need support and you need all sorts of things that's being self-centered Selfish is a different thing. That's, that's, I think, coming again, from the anger, mm. you know, everything just starts to revolve around you and you become the, the center and, and, yeah, and that's, what the yeah, that's what we're talking the about at the start. That's what we're talking about. The anger is yeah. that
1: self-indulgence. Yeah, yeah. Whereas that self-centeredness is self-awareness.
0: Yes. Self-awareness. That's correct. Yeah.
1: And that's, that's a wonderful distinction to yeah, make.
0: Yeah. So, you know, moving on from depression, like we could go into the roots of depression because, um, I, I have a friend who's doing a film on depression i okay. uh, love to get him, him in at some point. Yeah. we we'll talk about him. But he actually talks about depression stemming from trauma. And so he grew up during a civil war. Um, he was taken from his, his, his mother. Didn't want him. And eventually his father had to kidnap him from his mother and take him away. And he was put in a country where he didn't speak the language. And, you know, over the years, he's experienced an awful lot of trauma. And the output of, he's a psychologist. So he would have done some investigation internally as to, to you know what's going on. But the the outcome is that he he's he has trauma. Oh, uh, sorry, depression. Um, and and it's a crippling at times, where he can't get out of bed, mm-hmm. can't play music, can't do anything. I I let him tell his story, uh, you know, go into depth about his story. Uh, but it was very interesting to me that that it wasn't, um, depression wasn't a that was all external factors that had led to his depression. Do you know what I mean? It -hmm. wasn't something that he was doing that was unhealthy, but his whole childhood was a lot of trauma. And uh, his system basically shut down completely, you know? Um, And that's another aspect of of depression. I think the system that shuts down his, um, explanation to some of this would be that we have the fight response, we have the flight response, but we have a third response as well that, that we uh, observe in animals. So if uh, a cheetah is running through the plains and they find an antelope and they chase the antelope, the, the antelope has engaged the flight response. It's a, um, what's the word? Not a predator, it's prey. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, its response is, is uh, flight. It gets caught but not killed. And in some cases, what happens is the antelope will freeze and play dead. Mm -hmm. And so the, the cheetah thinks that it has the antelope. And so it sort of drags it back to its lair. And actually what, what's happened is that it's, it's shut down for a while. And then at a moment when the cheetah is not paying enough attention, it can jump up and then run again, go into flight mode again. Um, And this is a, He he links this back to the nervous system that sometimes the nervous system is just so overwhelmed that it shuts down, Mm -hmm. and and that's another way of looking at depression. You know,
1: absolutely. But even then, it strikes me that the initial traumas, aside from obviously conflict and civil war and the unstable environment, not being net, not being nurtured, not being rooted not having that sense of stability, that firm soil to plant yourself in, and the rejection from his mother, that lack of light of love. Again, that's very, very strong affecting the wood, very strong affecting the liver in both directions. How could that not lead to depression? Mm. That's, oh, God.
0: Yeah, but actually, in actual fact, like his film is about how he brought himself out. That's amazing. Consciously went in, yeah, and brought himself out. He has a TEDx talk. Uh, his name is Sammy Mukadam, and um, I was, I was, uh, I'm very grateful to the fact that he gave me the opportunity to to edit the the talk, uh, and it's gotten over well over a million views. That's and, and he gets an awful lot of responses from people who do feel the same way. Yeah. It's 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 phenomenal. So we'll get him on the show, and we'll have. have conversa- yeah, yeah. We'll have a conversation. Absolutely.
1: And can we get a link to that video? As yeah, we'll, we'll throw that link in the in. show notes yeah, as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Sammy's Sammy's an out of the box thinker. This is the reason I bring him up. Mm. Uh, but the work he has done, and I've seen us. I've, I've been his friend for twenty years, and I've seen him do this conscious work. And it's not just one thing, but it's the journey that he took from just trying everything and then mm. finding things that worked for him, and then just working on them. And he has a support network. He has a, a psychotherapist that he speaks to and all the rest, you know. So it's, he's not just doing this as a solo journey. Mm-hmm. But he, it's just a fabulous journey. And, and, a, and like depression and is just massive, in, particularly in Ireland. Oh, yeah. In really Ireland. And, and people sometimes blame the weather, which, you know, is, in fairness, uh, I don't blame them. It's fine. Um, someone was just enumerating their, uh, that, that this summer was, was crap. And then we had the winter and then, yeah. you know, we haven't really seen the sun property for quite a while. No. No, I have to say I was in the Philippines for most of that summer. So <laughs> I saw a lot of sun, but, uh, but I'm told that it was terrible over here. Um, it, it was, it was.
1: But I'm, I'm the wrong person to, to sympathize on that one. I like the misery.
0: Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> you live in the darkness, don't you? I do. Yeah, yeah. So, I live you know. in my cave. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah, yeah, okay. But it's not really the weather that brings people down. It's, no, it's just a trigger again, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's just one of those things that people are like suffering without. Okay. So I used to, uh, I used to go into schools and talk to kids about uh, about various things. Mm-hmm. I used to do retreats and stuff. And um, one of the most interesting things was when I would say, how are you feeling? And they were like, gave me a very honest answer, which is, I don't know. Mm, right? Yeah. Or they just say, yeah, I feel happy or I feel okay. You know, and you'd mess with them and you'd be like, yeah, they, I feel fine. Yeah, fine is fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. So how are you really feel? Mm. You know, you just mess with them. Um, but what I noticed from all of that was that actually a lot of us feel numb. Mm. Uh, a lot of us don't want to feel much. So we, we crowd our lives with things to keep us busy. Uh, and, and if you're asked how you feel, you generally say, I feel good, I feel fine, I feel whatever. But uh, the look on your face doesn't quite match up with with what you're saying sometimes, you know? Yep. I think a lot of people feel numb. And that's another element of... Yeah. A a more milder element of depression. You could be absolutely functional. Mm -hmm. You can wake up in the morning and not feel terrible and, and all the rest, but still not feel. Yeah. And I think it's important to live a more wholesome life without getting preachy. To live, you know, to have some happiness and joy. Sure. You kind of have to pay attention and, and try and access that, you know?
1: Absolutely. Because Absolutely. Joy
0: doesn't come automatically. Maybe some people would say it does, that the homeostasis, the 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 perfect human, uh would feel happiness and joy generally. I haven't met one of them. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I
1: do, I do. I, I agree with you. I haven't met one of them either. Um and I I have ideas on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I would not necessarily pursue a life of happiness and joy because I would consider them momentary and transitory. I would instead pursue fulfillment. Yeah. Um, because you know, you can be fulfilled when the weather's miserable and you can't go outside for a run. Uh, or you can be fulfilled when it's a beautiful day outside and you can move around and enjoy what you want to do. You can be fulfilled when things are going well and things are going badly. Um, but joy, I would consider a momentary. It's nice, but it's there and it's gone. And that's fine. I don't need to be happy all the time. If I was happy all the time, I'd be very
0: worried. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair enough. When Where do you feel the, the moment's the most connected for yourself? Ooh. Most satisfying connections.
1: The most satisfying connections... Most satisfying connections. When I am having good conversations with my wife, that would be the first one. She's my best friend. She's my soulmate. She is the the just the ah. It's just wonderful. That's when I feel most fulfilled and most content and satisfied. And then. The other one is in in the dojo when I have had a good connection with my training partners. There is very few things as exhilarating as that, and as satisfying as that, and as fulfilling as that. I did the thing, and the thing was great. Um, but again, that's a moment. It's transitory. It's just like, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that, but it's a moment, and it's gone.
0: Well, it's a moment that has ripples because yes. you'll still walk out of the dojo going, yeah, I awesome. good about that. Yeah, I that did was a good great. thing. Yeah.
1: I did a good And you thing. might
0: wake up the next morning going feeling, oh, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so actually those moments sort of can stay for quite a while. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The ripples of it. But yeah. the fulfillment is key. Yeah. There's that sense of fulfillment yeah. that I am doing what it is that I'm meant to be doing.
0: Yes. And yes, that I would agree is with that.
1: more important to me than momentary fleeting expressions of joy or happiness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think yes. To do the thing that I was meant to be doing.
0: You've hit that. You've hit you've hit on it. Um yeah. Because when you do it and you're I can't say that I can't I can't put the feeling into words. Mm. Like I was training at the weekend. Mm. And it's not like I'm there yet. I'm not there yet. But whatever I am doing, it feels great. Yep. It just feels great. Yep. And there's nothing like that feeling.
1: There there really isn't. And that's, that is something I wish everybody could experience um, at some point in their life. For me, it's with the martial arts. Yeah. Unequivocally, it's with the martial arts. Yeah. Um, There is nothing that generates that sense of, I am doing the thing and I'm doing it well. And that is awesome. Um, Yeah, it's incredibly fulfilling. But people find that through different mechanisms. They do it through dance. They do it through yoga. They do it through art. They do it through calligraphy. They do it through... Uh, Poetry, writing, painting. There are many different expressions of it. But it is that sense of prideful satisfaction in doing a thing authentically and well is just wonderful. Yes. And here's the thing. I have that in my acupuncture practice like without any false modesty or massive ego, I am very good at what I do. And the results I get are fantastic. And there is this wonderful flow state I can enter into in my practice. It's the same one I have in the martial arts where I am fully focused with complete intention on the exact thing that I am doing. And I can do that if I'm having a good day, if I'm having a bad day, if I'm in pain, if I've gotten bad news, if I've gotten great news. It doesn't matter because I can do this thing really well. And I'm going to do that thing with complete focus and complete attention. And that is excellent. And that generates such a wonderful sense of sustained fulfillment it's brilliant brilliant
0: that's really interesting the words that you use because you know you are using very uh, positive words towards yourself um, and I think that's great, you know. If, if sure, you, like, I'm
1: fantastic, but why go, wouldn't I? <laughs> Yeah,
0: but, but, well, because in Ireland, we don't do that. Oh yes, that's true. We do, that's not allowed. No, that's not allowed. It's not allowed that no, you would no. say something nice. You know, when we get a compliment, it's Asher, you, you know, it's either Asher or feck off, or it's, Absolute. you know, it's some sort of, um. <laughs> sure, he's got notions. Yeah. I've yeah. got notions. Yeah, i got notions. Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, taking a compliment. Ah, sure. It was all right. I was OK. Like, what? Or you know, you'd start. So how are you anyway? You start just oh, yeah. sort Demuring. of avoiding feeling yeah. any sort of um, happiness towards what you've done or mm. when you get a compliment. Um, and that goes back to parenting the, the self as well. If you have a child and the child does something well, are you mm. proud of the child? Of course. Of course you are. Absolutely. Of course you are. That's going on the fridge. Yeah, absolutely it's going on the fridge. So why, could, why can't you do that to yourself? Like, you don't have to shout it from the hilltops. Uh, but at the same time, if someone does say something to you, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be great to live in a culture where you go, they say, wow, you were really good at that. And you go, yeah, I, I, I did well. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. And, and they don't give you a funny look of like, oh, he's up his own arse. Yep. Wouldn't it be great?
1: It would be fantastic. Yeah. And that came up. Just this uh, Saturday, we had a grading in the dojo for a little of the kendoka, and then we had a party afterwards for our, our our Christmas party, and I was congratulating two people that took Shodan, their first degree black belt, and they were just like, oh no, it was, it was terrible, I don't deserve yeah. it, I'm not worthy of it, and, you know, they're just trashing themselves, yeah. and I'm just like, no, you're Shodan now, that means you take the compliment and you say thank you.
0: Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You don't, don't have to be up and about it. You don't,
1: you don't, you yeah, just say, just be gracious. Thank you. Yeah. And believe that yeah. because you wouldn't have been given that if you weren't worthy of that. Yeah. That's it. Be all, end all. Yeah. So, no, take that, be happy with that compliment, accept it. And you have to teach people yeah. to speak well of themselves. Yeah. And to step into that light. Yes. And the more you do this, I can't believe I'm going to be paraphrasing Marian Williams. My God. But I am. Um, There's a wonderful speech she wrote for Nelson Mandela. um, And in it that she uh, writes that, uh, don't, words to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing, don't dim your own light, right? Um. Shine and shine brightly because you are a child of God and you deserve to. And the brighter you shine your own light, you give permission for other people to shine as well. Yes. So absolutely, don't talk yourself down. Spread your branches. Reach for the sun and bloom and blossom and enjoy and embrace that and speak well of yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to give yourself permission.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So we've been talking over the last while about um, depression, about the anger that's turned inwards, and I suppose now we're talking about, you know, how we combat that that because, um, and you're talking about when you were describing all the things that you can do to really enjoy life and connect and stuff like that, it's uh, they're all doing things, they're They're all active, active active active. doing things. And I've been conscious that, you know, as a parent, sometimes you're buggered at the end of the day, all you want to do is sit down and watch TV. And I'm not knocking watching TV. There's a value to it. Oh, absolutely. Often when I'm watching TV, my brain is going like 90 reviewing, Mm -hmm. uh, reassessing. It does a lot of background activity while my awareness is being peaked by whatever's on the television. However, spending all your time in an inactive state watching television, being fed from outside, I don't see that as a very very healthy thing, you know, if if you want to progress as a human you want to develop as a human, you do have to spend time either doing or reflecting, mm-hmm. you know, um, one of the things I know about Kendo is that at the end of the class, as you're putting all of your uniform and bogu away, that you're actually reflecting on your class. Mm-hmm. It's It's a part of it that you're having a moment of, I did that bit well, I didn't do that bit well, I need to work on that bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a sort of a reflective aspect. So... I wanted to address that, the fact that I've noticed for myself, and I'm I'm a big games player, like I'm a big gamer, I love playing games, and I will spend time doing that. Mm-hmm. I spend an hour doing that, but I won't spend the day doing that. So again, if you want to work on yourself, sometimes you don't have all of the answers straight away. No, of course. Right. So. Uh, it's a journey. But one of the ways to help yourself is to see where you can get a space to start doing the work. Right. And spending all day on a computer or on a phone. As addictive as those, those guys are, Very they're Very so constraining. Addictive. Very addictive. Not really helping no. when it comes to actually working on the self. It's on about balance. Yeah, it is about balance. Um, yeah.
1: you, you cannot expect to be a mighty oak if you confine yourself to a small planter pot. Yes. Wow. And there you go. If, if you constrain yourself physically yeah. and you can't express yourself through movement and through activity regardless of the level of intensity of that activity. If you are just passively stuck in that pot, you are literally like that seed in the darkness. And that's a horrible place to be. You need space to move and to grow both upwards and downwards, to extend those roots and to extend the branches to the sun. And the nature of the liver, the nature of anger is inherent in movement. If you suppress movement, you will be suppressed or depressed. You have to move. And one of the things that we see with society today is there's an awful lot of passive inaction. And through television, through movies, through. Um, computer games and stuff like that, but there are also ways to balance all of that out. Um, there's uh, mediums for doing that. So, for instance, um, I, I, <laughs> I, I once invented a thing for a, a patient um, who was chronically uh, overweight and did not move and did not do. Anything, and all they wanted to do was watch TV, particularly football and um wrestling, and and Rocky movies. So all I was just
0: based things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: right. But they didn't do anything. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, you are going to continue to do all of those things, but you are going to do interactive. And he was like, what are you talking about? I am like, okay, this is it. Okay, whenever Rocky throws a punch, you throw a punch on the seat. Okay. Whenever somebody's doing like, you know, uh, 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 a frog splash, you have to throw up both your arms, right? Whenever someone is running on the pitch, I want you to run up and down. Like you pick a guy, and whenever he runs, you run. You're like, I'm not asking you to get up. You can do it on the seat, right? And that's what that tapping was, by the way. Uh, That was me running on the seat. Um, But it was a way of introducing movement into his passive enjoyment. And he reported back to me that he actually got really more into it. He got more involved emotionally in it because he was physically connecting now as well, you know? And I, I'm, I'm going to be completely straight up here. I have never been able to sit still during a Rocky movie. It's not physically possible for me. Whenever Rocky's throwing a punch, I'm, I'm throwing those punches. I'm, I'm right there with him. I'm just boxing away with him. I can't, I can't not. Um... So you can introduce small movement into passive activity. Bruce Lee famously, when he was watching television, would do stretching or he would do dumbbell curls. He would just work out while he was watching television. He, he would just get his finger grippers and just do those. He was physically doing something while enjoying a passive media. Alternatively, um, I do a significant amount of my show watching while I'm on the treadmill. So I'm physically moving, right, while I'm watching the TV shows. Um, or I do isometrics, or I do uh, micropulsing uh, intervals, or a lot of other activity. I'm, I'm rarely not doing something when I'm consuming passive media. Um, like, you know, if I've got a show on, I'm building a Lego set. I'm doing some paper folding. It's not a huge amount of movement, but it's something. I'm moving, I'm creating, I'm doing something. Um, Maybe you're doing that intellectually, like you're reviewing it. You're looking at the lighting cues or you're looking for Easter eggs or you're uh, trying to figure out how this tiny little book in one scene in the background of a Marvel movie actually means that Scarlet Witch isn't dead. That's, you know, a huge amount of what I'm doing. Um, So there's always a way or means to introduce some type of movement even into a passive activity. Yeah. But even something simple, like I'm going off, I meet my brother, we go to the movies, we're big cinephiles, right? But we will park away from the cinema, so we have to physically walk to the cinema. Then we will sit and we will watch the film, and then we will get up and we will walk and talk about it, right? We will physically walk around and dissect the movie. There's a physical component of that passive interaction um and that's that's you know one of the things i look forward to most in my week is, is yeah. doing that with my brother
0: there's a there's a thing in business called pivoting you know about pivoting right so it's basically you know you have a business idea pivot, you have pivot. a business idea it doesn't work out so you, you pivot and you do something else and uh, like as a parent that that's something i've had to do a lot where time has become very um very much about looking after the kids. And so you have to, when you want to get something for yourself, you have to constantly pivot. My brother-in-law was asking me about gaming yesterday because uh, he has a, a uh, one and a half year old child and he's like, how do you do it? And he's a <laughs> massive board gamer. Like he's he's into the, all the, the uh, Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. Right. Um, um, but in terms of playing a game, uh, like the pivot would be find an open world game and just do one hour of a quest or something Mm -hmm. and then finish it up and then it's done. So that's it. And the reason I moved into sound design. So from music a musical point of view, uh, I play guitar, I play bass, uh, I I mess around with synthesizers and stuff like that. And um, instead of trying to produce a full song, um, what I do now is I do sound design. So I go on the synth and I spend an hour designing sounds or 30 minutes designing sound if Mm -hmm. I have 30 minutes. But the idea of pivoting is, I suppose, in this sense is, is working out for you what you can do. Because often people look at running, for example, Mm -hmm. I'm going out to have a run and you're like physically not in the mood, you're emotionally not in the mood, you're mentally not in the mood. So you just shut down and you sit down and you watch TV and you feel sorry for yourself. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you pivot, we can be doing what you're doing. So I'm really just naming what you're doing, what you're talking about.
1: But what you're also doing is you're articulating the healthy function of the liver. Okay. Because that is what a tree does. That's what a plant does. It pivots. Yeah. If it meets a blockage, like, oh, I've got family commitments now and I've got, you know, bedtimes and story times and I've got, you know, changing times and, you know, dropping them off to this class time or whatever. Um. You have to grow around that. Yeah. The branches grow around. It finds the cracks in the concrete and it makes its way up. It curls and changes and seeps. And this is the entire point of bonsai, um, is creating that expression of the wood's ability to pivot. And that is what a healthy liver does. It yeah. pivots. That okay. is fantastic. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah, that's great. I, I don't, I will exclude parents from who have children from the age of zero to, hmm, five. Okay, you guys are excluded. You literally have permission to collapse on the couch, watch as much TV if you, if it's even possible, survive. Just just, just survive. survive. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just survive. Yeah, everyone else, the rest of you, you can start. You can start thinking about how can I pivot? How can I work something into my life that's healthy, that's movement based? that is going to help, um, that doesn't require a huge amount of time or, yeah. or investment if I don't have and it. And it can
1: be those micro things. Yeah. I mean, if you can do uh, five minutes of, 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 a, of a quick movement, right, just pick one yoga stretch you like and just do that for three minutes. Yes. Right? Exactly. That's fine. Do exactly. That. That's great. Yeah. Um, but if you can do, you know, five minutes here and there throughout the day, you know, do that six times. That's, half hour workout. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Um, and you can do that seven days a week. Wow. Okay. You're, you're, you're doing, you know, more than is recommended by the national averages. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't have to be large chunks. You can do small things, but they're cumulative. Um, like, like a tree. A tree is not a single thing. It is many small leaves So you can be just small leaves, just many of them, and you can integrate that into your life. It might be half an hour of synth music, it might be, you know, one mission, or getting to a particular village, (laughs) because some of these open world games are long, and it takes a while to get to that damn village, but... And, and we don't have porting options yet. Um, so it might just be, that's my goal. I'm going to get to this one village and I'm going to see that one guy about that one thing. Yeah. And then that'll be it for the day.
0: Yeah. And what we're doing here is cultivating hope and fulfillment. Yeah, And I would actually say that hope is something that needs to be cultivated. It's not something that just falls from the sky from somewhere or comes from an external source. Actually, hope is something we need to plant and allow it to grow within mm-hmm. ourselves. And that's by doing things that are fulfilling. Uh, that's very the antithesis so. of of depression where there's nothing. You, mm-hmm. you don't see a way out or a way around or, or whatever. Creating hope is can be a very, very small, small, small thing. Yep. Um, and it can be something you enjoy. And, and just if you can get past the inner critic that is afraid of hope,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's uh, a big deal, I think. I, I, I've had that in my own life, having to cultivate hope at, at certain times. Uh, last week I had a ear infection and, and I literally, pain was at 10. And I had to mentally say, this mm. will not last forever. It will not last it forever. It will not. It, it, I really want to finish up now. Thank you very much. Mm. But it, it, it's not going to last forever. So just breathe through this bit. So hope is something that, um that's the antithesis of, I think, depression.
1: In the wise words of Axel Rose, nothing lasts forever, not even the cold November rain. Yeah. And everybody just needs some time. <laughs> Maybe you just needs some time. Yeah, yeah. Give it space to breathe.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, Um God, that's a great song. Yeah, it's a good song, yeah. It's a good song. Or it's not his best. It's not
1: his best, no. It's definitely not his best. It's his
0: uh, Imagine, isn't it? Uh,
1: estranged, Strange is the best. Absolutely, Whoa. yeah.
0: I mean it opens which, which with Which
1: one? You're talking to yourself and no one's no at one's home. home You're
0: alone I just yeah, Oh my okay. god I yeah, love yeah. that and uh, then It's got dolphins in it man. When you find out all the reasons Yes Maybe I'll find another day Oh I love that bit Yeah Yeah the, yeah. Yeah. Such yeah Such a good song Such a good song There's another one in that though uh, Another song in that album It's brilliant as well Ah uh, yeah Anyway Okay, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. a lot of wisdom in that. Um, yeah, yeah. Go listen to that album. Yeah, great album. Yeah. <laughs> okay, with that, listen, thank you very much for listening to us. And uh, we're going to go to the outro. Thank you.
1: Fantastic. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for listening to Fighting Tengu. We want you to know that all of the opinions expressed here are our own and do not represent the
0: thoughts, feelings, and ideas of our teachers. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and check out the website fightingtengu.com for articles and help sheets and more information on the subjects discussed here.